Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. Welcome to Closer Look. I'm Ed Lenane here in Washington, and we are at the Capitol Hill office of Congressman Jeff Duncan. He represents South Carolina's 3rd Congressional District. He's been in office since 2011, currently serves on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which uh, also has various subcommittee work on things like the environment and climate change. He and his wife, Melody, have three adult sons. Congressman, thank you for taking the time out to talk with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming to Washington, and welcome to Rayburn House 221-2229, yeah. Before coming to Congress, you served eight years in the South Carolina House. Your background includes leadership and community banking. you got a family own real estate marketing firm. What's in the background that has served you well now that you're here in Washington? So I was an auctioneer for 16 years and having the um, comfortable uh, feeling of standing in front of a crowd. Uh, back then I was selling things. Um, now it's standing in front of a crowd talking about policy or, or ideas for the future. Uh, voice projection, um, the ability to speak rapidly helped me when I first got here. I spoke the first time on the floor. I had uh, like 15 seconds. Yeah. And I had a lot to say in 15 seconds. <laughs> for an auctioneer, so. <laughs> that's, that's a short time. Yeah, we were able to get it done. So, uh, But having the small business background, uh, being able to uh, uh, just today in, in committee thinking about business and um, and how many people in that committee um, on both sides of the aisle have never created a job, never signed the front of a paycheck, never dealt with the regulations and um, how important it is to have business-minded people that have, have some experience in Congress. A lot of members uh, in Congress have come from the, serving in their state houses and I like to ask him about the challenge of making that transfer on the state level to now Washington on the congressional level. How about for you? Any, any yeah, it's a, it's a big difference. Uh, I, I guess the biggest difference is just the parliamentary procedures. You know, the rules that we govern ourselves by here are different than in Columbia. And you could use the rules to your effectiveness in uh, state capital. It's very difficult here. And uh, it's just much bigger. Committee meetings, um, you know, more meetings. Uh, that was a part-time job. This is full-time. Mm-hmm. And how about some of the goals that you set for yourself? when you came to Washington, what do you want to accomplish? So I am very much a constitutionalist, I believe, in limited government, free markets, individual liberties, and really trying to, to uh, work to push this country back toward um, a constitutional role of the federal government, which empowers the states and the people more and uh, decentralizes power from here. We've, we've seen the exact opposite. Power has been garnered into, uh, into the nation's capital over the last uh, 200 years. And so uh, to really look at pushing that power back down uh, and, and working to uh, unleash and unbridle that innovative and entrepreneurial spirit that Americans have, uh, help Americans create jobs, keep those jobs on the books, uh, be profitable, and um, and then fight for our individual liberties. And the, those liberties were granted from God. They're not given by government. Anything government gives you, government can take away. Uh, our Constitution is clear, and the, these rights are uh, given by our Creator, and uh, they're uh, inalienable rights, and uh, they are affirmed in the Constitution. They're not granted in the Constitution. They're just affirmed. And we've, we forget that too many times. And so continuing to fight for that and, you know, address our, our ballooning debt. We're at 20, almost $23 trillion. And uh, Proverbs 22.7 will tell us that uh, the borrower is servant to the lender. And those are wise words from Solomon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that uh, saying that all politics is local. So what are some of the things that people back home continue to tell you that are really important to them? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think people need to um, spend time studying the Constitution, studying um, why our founders did what they uh, did when they formed this republic, and understanding the, the Bill of Rights or, or rights not granted by the Constitution or by government to the individuals. They were just affirmed and, and, and fighting for those, whether that's the right to freely worship uh, or not worship at all. It, it, our Constitution protects that as well. Uh, our right to keep and bear arms is affirmed. That's a right that was given to us by God. We had that government didn't give you that right. Uh, and then, you know, the specificity of warrants in the Fourth Amendment. Uh, it, you, it, just things like that they need to educate themselves on because you know, we're witnessing right now our nation's in peril where things are happening in the dark behind closed doors. And if you think about, uh, I'll give you this example, is Germany. So after World War II, Germany actually rebuilt their parliament building called the Bundestag, and they put a glass dome on top. And inside that glass dome is a mirrored spire that comes down to a point hanging right over the legislative chamber. And that chamber has glass walls. And it's symbolic in that it's all about transparency and sunlight. Mm. And we're seeing things happen behind closed doors in the dark. Now, even members of Congress can't have access to, to answers that we're seeking right now on, on an inquiry. And, and that's wrong. It should be transparent. It should be sunlight. And I'm afraid that uh, this jeopardizes the, the republic. You know, earlier this year, the uh, Department of Health and Human Services adjusted guidelines to ensure that faith-based foster and adoption services in South Carolina get protected from government, you know, restrictions. Yeah. That's something that you've been involved with for quite a while, right? Yeah, we, I mean, we were involved. Our office was involved in Miracle Hill and the adoption services right. and foster care and, uh, and faith-based is important. And I applaud our governor and others in the state for uh, joining me in that effort to, to protect that. But it's another assault from the federal government on religious liberty and religious freedom and religious involvement in so many aspects of our lives. And the Constitution is clear that... Uh, um, you know, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. That means that government's not going to establish a state religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And so uh, we're seeing the free exercise of religion uh, hampered, hindered in a lot of ways by the federal government and, and the laws and the policies and the way they're enforced by the courts. Mm -hmm. Back in the spring, the uh, economic opportunity zones were opened up in the district there. I know it may be a little bit early now, but any progress report, anything you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, Tim Scott was a leader on that. He's gone around really promoting that, and I applaud him um, just to give economic opportunities. And that was part of the tax reform package that we passed uh, to areas, and I think every county in the state, and 46 counties in South Carolina, all have an economic opportunity zone created by that, and we'll see how uh, that impacts employment and, and the job futures. You are listening to Closer Look. I'm Ed Linane here in Washington talking with Congressman Jeff Duncan of South Carolina's 3rd District. I mentioned, uh, Congressman, your work on the Energy and Commerce Committee. I know um, in response to legislation about offshore uh, oil drilling, you're part of a group of legislators that introduced what's called the American Energy First Act. You want to dig a little bit deep into that and tell us what it is? Yeah, so really uh, looking at all the above energy uh, sources, and that's all the alternatives, but understanding what provides a 24-7 baseload power supply for our nation. It's not just transportation fuels, but it's also electricity generation. And a lot of that is generated by fossil fuels, whether that's natural gas or diesel or coal or even nuclear power. It's not a fossil fuel, but 58% uh, of the power uh, in South Carolina comes from uh, nuclear power. Maybe 53% comes from nuclear power generation. But... Um, 
just trying to make sure that we're planning for the future. And fossil fuels, in my opinion, plays a big part of that. This is a, um, a fossil fuel, a, a natural resource given by God, and God gave us the ability to, to find it and harvest it, but also the ability to put it under pressure. If you take a barrel of hydrocarbon, you put it under pressure, it naturally separates in so many products that our nation uses and the world uses. We don't think about that. We only think about fossil fuels as transportation fuels and carbon emissions, but we really need to think about all the petrochemicals and uh, things that go into plastic and things that go to pharmaceuticals and everything that comes out of a, a barrel of hydrocarbon that naturally, get this, it naturally separates when that barrel of hydrocarbon is put under pressure. The heat creates a separation and at different areas in that in that refining stack at certain temperatures, you're pulling out amazing products that are used to make lives better across the globe. And we forget about that in the whole fossil fuel debate. Uh, at the beginning, I mentioned your family and like most members of Congress, I know you put a lot of miles in, right? You know, going back and forth from Washington, put a lot of miles in your district. You want to talk about the balance for you over the years? How have you made that work between home life and Washington life? Yeah, so um, like many members of Congress now, I do not maintain a residence in Washington. Uh, I go home at the first chance that I get to see my family. I have three boys. Um, at, at this time in 2019, they have grown and we're empty nesters, 24, 21, and 18. My youngest son just started college. And so that's a, a big strain on my wife. And that now she is at home alone a lot. Uh, and that concerns me as a husband and a father that, uh, that she does have that much alone time. So uh, getting back and uh, all through my congressional career getting back to make the ball games or the band concerts or or the plays or other things my kids were involved in was very very important to me because first and foremost uh you know i'm a christian then i'm a father and a husband and then i'm a a public servant and how has that faith-based background kind of helped you in what you do now in washington i don't know how you would do it without a faith faith faith-based background um one of the things that have helped me in congress here is i participate in a weekly bipartisan prayer breakfast every thursday morning we're in session we have a prayer breakfast Mm. and it's a way to get to know the backgrounds of many members of Congress know their faith. They share their testimony. Some testimonies are, are more in-depth than others. Um, I've shared my testimony three times in that group over nine years, and um, it's a great way to get to know members, especially on the other side of the aisle, because this um, this structure, the way Congress is, does not give us the opportunity, unless we seek it out just one-on-one, does not give us the opportunity to get to know members across the aisle very well. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate, but it's the truth. I can't do an interview with you unless I ask you about the fact that I know you're a very big Clemson fan, right? Uh, not just a fan. I'm a former player. Yes, I'm a Clemson graduate, and I represent Clemson University. And, um, you know, all we have to do is win a few more games, and we'll drop completely <laughs> out of the top 25. Every time we win, we seem like we drop down. But yeah. um, I think we're in the hunt. And i tell you what, you know, how can you not like Dabo Sweeney and the fact that he approaches his job uh, from a mentor standpoint, mentoring those men to become not just great athletes, not just great players on the field, but ultimately knowing and they will be off the field. They need to be good husbands, good fathers, and good men for our communities. And I think he shares that, and he shares his faith. He doesn't wear it on his sleeve, but he says, let the light that shines from within you be brighter than the light that shines upon you. So I'm asking that because I I think I read that you've got, you had a, a really interesting almost Father's Day gift 
right, by finding your class ring after eight years. Yeah. And you lost it in your backyard. Lost, and this yeah. past Father's Day, you found it. Yeah, I lost my ring, uh, and I don't have it on today. I left it at home, and I, I, we drove off the other day, and I'm like, I don't have my ring. And Jan asked me if I wanted to turn around. I said no, and, and I feel naked without it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I lost it uh, in my yard, and I uh, found it on Father's Day this year. And we had had enough rain. It had, had washed enough dirt away for just see the just the edge of it and we posted that on facebook and i think it was the most shared most viewed mm-hmm. story that we have done if not ever in a long time mm-hmm. uh, and it was picked up by a number of news sources and it was just a great human interest story it certainly was hey i don't know what the future holds for you i think only the lord knows that but uh, what's the one thing that you hope uh, at the end of your time in Congress that you hope your constituents of the 3rd District will remember you by? So, you know, I'd really like to, to at least get Congress focused on the future and the ballooning debt. Um, and that that's a concerning factor here. It's one of the things I ran on. We were $14.3 trillion in debt in 2010. We're now $23 trillion in debt. And so I don't think we or the President of Congress talks about that as uh, enough. Um, you know, continue to work on American energy independence. But at the end of the day, when I walk out those doors, I hope my colleagues say he was a good man. He was a good public servant. He he uh, really kept focus on the Constitution. He came for the right reasons, not just to further his own career and make a bunch of money on K Street or, or doing another gig, that he came to serve uh, the, the country and the, his district and the state. And um, and he did it in a way that uh, had integrity and uh, and others can emulate. That's That's really what you want. Congressman Jeff Duncan, who represents South Carolina's 3rd District, thank you for letting us stop by to visit. Thanks so much. God bless. This has been Love Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.